Broadcasting live from the ESPN 690 and Ajar and Levine Studios. This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 with Brent Martineau and Austin Lane. You know, I didn't plan on telling the crowd that I own them. I think based on the statistical uh, reference of my career win percentage down there and against them, uh, definitely our teams have, have done some good things. Um, I know I used I a few times. Uh, but I do feel like it's a we thing. Okay. Really, since Favre took over, we flipped that entire series on its head. I think when Favre took over, we were double digits in the hole in the all-time series. This series has been going on for 100 years plus, and now we're seven up. That is Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> he owns Chicago. That's been a big story, obviously, in Chicago and Green Bay. But, you know, it's kind of like... Uh, until the Red Sox won a World Series, Yankees and Red Sox were a great rivalry. Yeah. But it was also kind of like the hammer and nail theory was kind of relevant. Yeah. I mean, the, the Red Sox hadn't won. Now, if you were born in the 2000s, it's a different story. You better believe it. Just don't hit Google. So what do you think is more of a brag, you know, because you, obviously you've grown up with, with the Red Sox-Yankees rivalry. Is it the fact that the Yankees have won more World Series or the fact that the Red Sox have won the latest one? Well, I mean, as a Red Sox guy, I would say well, the latest. Yeah, but, but I'm, I mean, I, I think I think I would – I think it's kind of a weak argument when you're throwing stuff at me from 1935 and 1948 and all that. Now, yeah, now, the reason why that was born. thrown at Red Sox fans for a while is because of the Babe Ruth and the curse of the Bambino and everything. Yeah. But now what I would say is in my lifetime, which is since I was born in 77 – and really, if you take my lifetime when I really started to pay attention to it and be like kind of the mid-80s, mm -hmm. well, what did the Re Yankees win like four in like a five-year stretch, I think, in the late 90s? And then they won in 09. And so like the Red Sox have won four in the 2000s. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, to me, it's it's a little bit like, yeah, it's been pretty even yeah. in my lifetime. And I mean, like, in my kids' lifetime, they think the Red Sox are better. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, so it just kind of, I think it depends where you're born. Now, listen, the Yankees always, they have 27 world titles. I mean, that's yeah. pretty incredible. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, but I think to me that had more validation when the Yankees were winning four and five years, if that's what it was, if I remember correctly. Or maybe it was, I think it was four and five years. And also the Red Sox had not won. Yeah. You know, and Boone's walking them off and they're still not winning until 2003. And so then the Bambino and the curse and Babe Ruth and the trade and all that stuff, then you can bring up the 20, at that time would have been 26, and the Red Sox haven't won in 86 years. Just that dynamic was like, holy cow, right? And this is still a great rivalry. But I just think that loses a little weight now because the Red Sox have been really the better franchise over the last decade and a half um, and, and won more recently. And, and even if you don't want to say they're the better franchise, they've – you know, again, in the last 35 years, it's been pretty equal. Yeah. You know, so I don't know. Uh, it just depends. On, if I was a Yankees fan, I'd probably throw the 27 out there too, right? I mean, you, uh, you, you have to, I feel like. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I get it. I get why they do it. But to me, it doesn't – like, I don't really care that Babe Ruth the thing anymore because okay. the Red Sox have won four World Series. So the curse of the Bambino doesn't exist. True. <laughs> True, know? yeah. Um, in, in my eyes. Hey, uh, quick thought on the, on the Red Sox. They're, they're about to play uh, in game five. Casey, I'm sure you watched the game. I just thought two over overriding things, because uh, we really didn't talk about it much. Um, well, three. I think the series has turned. I think the Red Sox are in a lot of trouble. I don't 
I think Alex Cora didn't make a mistake by bringing Evaldi in. I, I, I was a little questionable when I saw him in the bullpen, but I got what he was doing, and I think he was trying to seize the moment. And at Fenway Park, if you can bring it to the bottom of the ninth inning tied 2-2, mm -hmm. well, then you really feel good about your chances to win. There's a lot of magic that happens in, in the eighth and ninth innings at Fenway. So I didn't mind what he was doing there. It didn't work. And quite frankly, we could debate whether it was a strike or not, and it almost did work. Uh, and they wouldn't have scored any of those seven runs. Uh, but the other thing I really thought, if you looked at Schwarber and J.D. Martinez, Casey, I thought they looked fatigued in their swings yesterday. And I don't know if that's a problem, but I thought they looked really lazy. <laughs> they got some good pitches to hit, and they didn't do anything with it. So I got my eyes on those guys tonight. Are they, if for some reason, are they tired, or is there a fatigue thing? But they looked... J.D. Martinez had really good pitches. I couldn't believe they pitched to him in the situation with first base open, and he got a 3-1 pitch to hit and a 3-2 pitch to hit, or maybe it was a 2-0 and a 3-1, and he did nothing with it. And I was like, wow, he doesn't usually miss that. Yeah. So uh, something to keep an eye on tonight uh, from a Red Sox standpoint. Dodgers and Braves go tonight, game four. Feels real critical for the Atlanta Braves to get the momentum back uh, in the series. Football at five. We're live at JTech. Brent Martin, Austin Lane, Casey Kurtz. And, uh, by the way, that Dodgers-Braves uh, game will be on ESPN 690 tonight. Coverage starts at 7.30. Hey, uh, about an hour and 20 minutes ago, I threw at you uh, the, hey, where have these guys that we have talked about all year gone? Like, I haven't heard Deshaun Watson's name in a bit. Yeah. Ten minutes after that, yeah. there's a report out of Houston, and Pro Football Talk jumped on it and everything, that it could happen this week. Yes. Trade to the Miami Dolphins. Mm -hmm. Deshaun Watson could be on the move, according to these reports. It might be starting to get hot, which is wild to me because it comes after a game where Tua might have looked some of the best that he's ever played in an Dolphins uniform. It's absolutely wild to me because I guess if you're the Dolphins right now and where you sit and you just got beat by the Jacksonville Jaguars, condolences to your team. Right, <laughs> condolences yes, to you your coaching some of those staff memes. <laughs> and, and to your players right now, because uh, they're they're going through it. Anytime you lose the Jaguars in the past couple of years, uh, people are, need to be held accountable, and people get fired sometimes. I just feel like, do they have the team right now that can bring out the best of Deshaun Watson? Are they ready for this type of trade? Are they ready to give up their draft capital in this type of trade? I'm not sure if they're built like that, Brent. All right? They're, they're, this is a one-in-five ball club right now. Yes, injuries are prevalent, as they are in any NFL team right now. You don't really have a running game. I think your wide receivers, outside of Waddle and Gasecki at the tight end position, where are they at right now? Is Parker the real deal? Is Will Fuller going to ever play? There's a lot of question marks there. How's your offensive line? Yeah, you know. I just, and your defense, which you're supposed to be your calling card, which is supposed to be, you know, what you, you build your hat on, well, they just gave up some rushing yards to James Robinson. And, yes, you had injuries, but you also gave up um, some yards to Trevor Lawrence as well. And you have a head coach who, is he going to work out in Miami? So that's a lot of question marks right now. The, 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 that's a lot of what ifs and what's going to happen and who, what have yous to go sacrifice, I don't know, how many first-round draft picks to get Deshaun Watson? It's a lot to ask. Well, so here's the story. Mark Berman does a good job out of Houston. Um, him and, uh, um, oh, what's his name? What did I just lose his name? John McClain. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Uh, they both break a lot of stories. That I, I think they work together on them. <laughs> Quite frankly, that's how many times they break a lot of stories together. But uh, Mark tweeted out an hour ago, uh, Texans are working toward a potential deal that would send Deshaun Watson to Miami Dolphins. Could get done this week. If not this week, they still hope 
to get it done before the November 2nd trade deadline. So what what with this story? Because, again, we were just talking about how we, we have no idea how this is going to work. Does he play football again ever? Does he play for Houston because they don't get what they want in return? Does he get traded to a Miami, a Denver, or somebody like that? We really have no idea. And now maybe we are getting more of an idea. But I think th- I'm with you, man. I think this is a risky move for the Dolphins. I think it's risky to give up on a guy that you drafted fifth overall. And by the way, you already made a mistake on that guy because you should have had Herbert instead of Tua. <laughs> and you missed out because yeah. Herbert got picked sixth or seventh in that draft behind Tua. Well, you're the one that took on that risk as an organization, even though he was coming off the hip injury, everything else. Your evaluation got it wrong. You know, yes. no doubt Herbert should have been the guy. And they had an opportunity, so they missed. Okay, now you're going to give up on him quickly? And thirdly, could you really make a third mistake on this? Just in case, I don't think two is anything great, okay? So I'm not sure that's the mistake. But do we really know, I think, is a fair curiosity on Tua, especially what they have around him on offense, which has just been suspect to begin with in the last couple of years. I mean, be honest. You saw a team give Blaine Gabbert how many chances? Yeah. You know, give, give Blake Ford. I mean, yeah. you know, give Blake Ford. Way more than Way more than Tua has right Tua. now. Yeah. And thirdly, I mean, what can you rely on in the Deshaun Watson move? And now maybe there's some language in the contract that says, hey, if something happens legally, this there thing gets voided. But can you void a contract like three months down the road and take the players back that you might have traded or the compensation? Or what if it doesn't happen until after the draft and they've already used the draft picks? Like, how does that work? Like, you can't yeah. do the, You can't hold the hostage. You can't hold the trade hostage for a year. We don't have any idea how, how long this is going to go. Maybe they do. Maybe they have a better idea where it's going. But then, to, so that's from a Miami standpoint. And I would kind of agree with you. Sure, Deshaun Watson makes you better. He's sure, better than obviously. Tua as a player. But how good are you, Miami? Like, yeah. how good are you right now? And, I mean, everybody, Xavier and Howard, you paid a lot of money to. He hadn't played well. Uh, are there other cor- – I mean, Byron Jones, was it worth that money? Like, what's Devontae Parker going to be in a few years? A couple of good tight ends, you know, okay running backs, you're okay offensive line. I mean, you're okay. Like, you're not very good. Yeah. Uh, and I think they've proved that they're not very good. They've had injuries. This isn't just a Jags loss. They've lost five in a row. When you lose five in a row, you're not that good. Mm-hmm. And last year might have been smoke and mirrors because they had so many turnovers. Everything kind of went right, fell in their lap right. I just don't know what Miami is. And Deshaun Watson, sure, he helps you. And oh, now yeah. you can build around him. But are you giving up pieces, so many pieces, that you would build around him with that it's so, going to take you three years to build around him? So the, the, the question that needs to be asked is, do the Miami Dolphins right now where they stand, do they have enough talent on their team where Deshaun Watson can come in and get the best out of that talent and make it of the Super Bowl? And I don't think they do right I don't now. think anybody would say It's yes. not a situation like Peyton Manning going to Denver. It was like, all right, it was kind of all set up for you. You had a good defense at your disposal already. You had some offensive weapons. It was a match made in heaven. Those things can happen sometimes, too. Denver is making a play for that with Aaron Rodgers this year where they're kind of, you know, the guys that they have at the wide receiver position and all of that. I don't know if it Miami, ha- I, I, you know, I don't think Miami does have that in terms of do you bring Deshaun Watson and he elevates your team? Maybe. Maybe you win two or three more games, but are you going to the playoffs? Probably not. And then what did it cost to get Deshaun Watson? Your future, which you obviously need to build around because your team right now is not very competitive. And South Beach, Gary, where are you? Man? Now, there is another <laughs> thing in this. There's a verified report that they would 
be a three-team trade and include the football team and Tua? Uh, the Washington football team? Yes. Um, you know, that's interesting because I saw some reports out of Colorado, I think it was, saying Denver's not interested in being that third leg yeah. of the Tua trade. Aaron Wilson, who used to cover the Houston Texans, and he does some stuff around the NFL um, as well. He, he uh, If you look at the transaction wire, he usually has a lot of uh, insight on what's going on in the transaction wire around the league, not just in Houston. He just tweeted a moment ago, again, the Texans are not and never have been a potential destination in any prospective trade involving current Miami Dolphins quarterback Tua, according to the league sources. Now, so to your point, involving a three-team trade makes sense because basically what Houston's saying is we don't want Tua. Mm -hmm. Like, we want your draft picks. We might want uh, Byron Jones, but we don't want Tua. Yeah. And so you need a dance partner to get Tua somewhere because Miami doesn't want Deshaun Watson and Tua, Correct. apparently. So pretty wild. Uh, and, and again, where's this coming from is, is fascinating. Why now? Now, listen, Miami's been a dance. There's no doubt Miami has courted and looked into Deshaun Watson for months yeah. because that's where all the reports are flying to and have been. So there's definitely smoke there. But why right now? Well, the trade deadline doom looms in a couple of weeks. Why right after Tua plays a pretty good game, quite frankly, although he did throw a really bad pick too. But and, and what do we know? What do they know? Who knows what about Deshaun Watson's legal situation that would make you as a Miami Dolphin front office folk comfortable with making a trade like this yeah. if it were to go down and and we still don't know what we know what houston was asking or at least the reports of what they were asking well it's going to be a bundle but what do you think houston's going to get if this trade does indeed go down if these rumors are true if this is done by the end of the week what are we talking about houston getting well what's interesting here is did has does houston feel like they're losing leverage as we approach the deadline mm-hmm do they feel like they would get less if they waited until after the season? Uh, do they feel like they would get less if they waited to the draft? This kind of has a little bit of Jan and Jalen conversation to it. We had these conversations for weeks yeah. and weeks a couple years ago. And uh, what's interesting about that is I think it was just last week the anniversary of Jalen getting traded, which would have been a couple weeks out from the deadline but not up against the deadline. And the Jags still got two ones at a four, which is still which was remarkable trade value. Yeah. Now, they didn't do much with it, but it's remarkable trade value. But here's the point, though, too, Brent. If you're Miami, why do this now? Why not wait? So, I mean, like, let's That's be what honest. I'm you're you're one and five. You're you're not going to the playoffs. They can't rescue their season. No. I mean, they got the Bills that are three games, four, three games ahead of them. Yeah. Yeah, three games. I mean, I mean nobody else is a factor, but it doesn't matter. They're too down in the in the dirt to, yeah. to come back out of it. You're not going to the playoffs, so then what, what sense does it make to get – I mean, do you want him to play right away? Like, what would that look like? Yeah, I don't so understand. why not just wait till the end of the season, maybe some stuff transpires and you find out what's happening with Deshaun Watson, then well, you make a move from there. But that's my point is I wonder if Houston is feeling like this is the so, time okay. to get as much as we can. They might be feeling that because the reports are coming out of Houston, by the way, yeah. not out of Miami. Um, and that doesn't tell the whole story, but I'm just trying to piece this thing together. And I would say maybe Houston now feels like if we're going to unload them, this is when we're going to get the most. Mm -hmm. Before the deadline, coming up to the deadline more so than after the season, which I still think is a little odd because they hold his rights. It's not like we're talking about a free agent to be. Yeah. You know, it, like Jan was different, right? If it had got to March and you, you hadn't moved him, 
Well, then he was a free agent. See you. Yep. So that's not what Deshaun, he's under contract, and it's a big one. Mm -hmm. And so I don't know the motivation behind this, but it feels like it's coming from the Houston side of things. And so when you ask me what will they get in return, well, at one time, didn't they want, like, three major draft picks and two players? Correct. I'm pretty sure that yeah. was it. Well, they're not getting that. There's no way they're getting that. And so maybe I would say if, if Jalen Ramsey got two ones and a four, Laramie Tunsil, by the way, between Houston and Miami got a lot. Yeah. Uh, maybe it is. What did Matthew maybe Stafford it is get? Three ones. What did Stafford get? Two ones and Jared Goff. I don't or, know. Or I one one. Check. I don't Jared feel Goff? like it was that much. Okay, it may not have been that much. Because remember, there was a there was some contracts on money too. Yeah. That because Stafford's making a ton of money. Okay, um, it may not have been two ones. I mean, because so I, I don't know what they were getting. It's like the Rams had a first round pick anyway. It seems like. Yeah, but really interesting to see what Houston. Uh, why they maybe feel may, what they would get in this. Uh, and I don't really understand it from a Miami perspective. I think Deshaun Watson's going to be available to Miami mm -hmm. four months from now. Correct. Maybe six months from now. Correct. I don't think there's even a lot of teams right now that want to go. There are a few. The Giants you could put into play there. Like, if everything washes out with the legal stuff. Yeah. The, the Denver. You know, so you will sure. have teams out there. And it only takes two, really, to make it more difficult on Miami. But... I don't know, man. They're rolling the dice I here. It's yeah. a weird play if Miami's interested in it. I feel like this might be Houston kind of pushing some stuff out there and trying to get some feelers before the trade deadline. you got a couple of weeks to work it. That could be it because if, if I'm ownership of Miami, I, I want the season to play out. I want to see where Flores is. I want to see where Tua is. I want to see what players can you take going forward and what players need to be let go. Um, because that's what the season is now. I, in my, well, I, I get it. You're, you're six games into the season. There's still plenty of football left. Yes. Theoretically, you're probably not going to go to the playoffs, so now it's evaluation time to see who can you take going forward if you do make monumental moves and change directions. Stafford was two ones, a three in golf. So there you go. Wow, so they got two ones out of that deal with all that money on the line as well. Huh? I want to know where the Rams are pulling their first-round picks out of because they gave up some, I mean... They gave up some from Jalen Ramsey. Yeah, they don't need them. They don't care about them. They gave up. Uh, they've given up a lot of picks over the years, and they've still been able to make it work to their credit. Now, they won a Super Bowl, and with that kind of talent, when you have Aaron Donald, you have Jalen Ramsey, you have uh, uh, Stafford, you have you have the investments, and you're going to give up those picks. You better make it work. Oh yeah. See the thing about like mode. like Denver again is a great example of this, and I really think the Jags were a little bit like Denver in this regard. Well, they went and got Peyton Manning. They also made some huge free agent moves that clicked and hit at the right time to win them a Super Bowl and go to another one. Mm -hmm. uh, the Jags kind of did the same thing, I think, with guys like uh, uh, Calais and um, <laughs> A.J. Boye and, and others like that, right? Malik Jackson. So they hit on those guys, and Correct. it led to a big year, and they didn't win at all. But I feel like the Rams are kind of in that boat. It's like, how long can you keep going with this until it catches up to you? Yeah. Uh, hey, listen, Jalen Ramsey might play there for eight years. Aaron Donald might still play there for another five years. Stafford might play there for another five years. But can you keep everybody? And when are you sooner or later going to – you're bet you really relying on yourself to go get fourth and fifth round picks and third round picks and yeah. turn them into studs, you know? But see, like, that's, that was the philosophy, though, of the Rams, is that the Rams were a good quarterback away, they think, from going to the Super Bowl. And they got right? a big-time upgrade. Well, yeah. they got a huge upgrade. And I think Stafford's playing, you know, very well so far. And obviously that team's winning. And like, like I said, you're a quarterback away. Miami is not the Los Angeles Rams in no. terms of talent, in terms of coaching. You are not on that level right now. No, not even close. The last yeah. first-round pick they made was in 2016. 
the Rams. It is wild. <laughs> it is really wild. They have, de- again, I'll say it, in, in very much Denver debunked the theory of go out and spend money free agency and win. Yeah. Because free agency had, up until that point for a lot of teams, had been this, and it still is, it's a 50-50 proposition, but it doesn't necessarily put you over the top, all this money you spend. Well, Denver, with Manning and that, mm-hmm. they debunked that theory. They did it. And by the way, the Jags kind of subscribed to it and almost did it. And so it kind of was like, now you can do that. Well, the Rams are doing something that's never been proven and, and trying to, is that you can <laughs> not take a first-round pick in five years and win a Super Bowl? I mean, but see, and I, I talked about this before a little bit. Their philosophy, though, is, okay, if we get first-rounders and they play well, well, then you have to sign them to new contracts, hopefully, and keep them in the organization. Well, that takes time, and that's going to take money. And keep in mind, if you bring a rookie in, you're not going to get his best years in his first two or three years. Like, his prime reaches four or five, maybe six years after the fact. What the Rams are doing is instead of saying, hey, we're not going to we're, we're gonna take our time here, bring these guys along, and then get them in their primes, they're getting guys right now that are, that are experienced, that have played in the NFL for a while, and they're offering them, you know, the one, two, three-year deals, and then when they're done, they're out of their prime, they wash their hands of them, which yeah. – it's a different way of thinking. I'm not mad at it. Like you said, they haven't won a Super Bowl from it yet. They are pretty successful. They have been successful, um, but do they need to validate that way of thinking because it's so outside the box that they need to validate it with well, a Super Bowl, and, you know? And you know what we're going to say. If they don't, I mean, eventually it's going to come cr- It's going to really down. blow up. It has to. Yeah. Um, it's kind of like we said about Derrick Henry, right? You can lead the league in rushing, but can that style win big? Yeah. Uh, I'd rather have Derrick Henry, but I don't know if I can win big. Titans are telling me that I'm not sure you can. Sure. Even by having that guy. Yeah. Uh, and everybody would take that guy. Of course. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So it's just interesting. Sooner or later, you got to win, uh, especially if you do it a little bit different. We'll be back. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. We do it a little bit different. We do it live from JTEC. JTEC.org for more information. Someone asked you last week is if we're desperate for a win, we are desperate for a win, and, and we came close a few times, and, and uh, there was a lot of things to fix, but uh, you saw a young quarterback make a big-time play at the biggest time of the game, and uh, and then a young kicker that we just signed a couple weeks ago popped 250-plus yarders, so it was a great win. Uh, Urban Meyer still talking about that win. Jags should celebrate that win. Hang on to it. Enjoy it. Uh, they got a bye week to do that, and everybody in Jacksonville should do uh, the same, some good positive stories with the Dewan Smoot story and uh, the Jags win and Matthew Wright and Trevor Lawrence and James Robinson. So got some stuff to hang on to. The numbers, uh, you keep watching some of these numbers come out about Josh Allen. Mm-hmm. Like, very good, right? 11 pressures, I think, in the last couple of weeks. I, mean, I asked that question the other day. I was like, is he playing well? It looks like the numbers say he's playing well. He needs some more help, and the Jags' defense overall needs to make more plays. I think Shaq Griffin's playing well. I think Josh Allen's playing well. There are some things to like. They should get a little healthier. As we go along, we'll talk more about Tyson Campbell, Andre Sisco. I really feel like these guys should be out there making mistakes and let them do it just to see if they're you, – you got to find out if they're good uh, down the road. Um, but we'll see if that, uh, that, that does transpire coming out of the bye week for the Jags. Brent Martin, Austin Lane, Casey Kurtz. We're live at JTech, jtech.org, by the way. You can visit uh, automotive technology, diesel technology, marine and RV technology, HVAC, all different kinds of uh, hands-on training right here at JTech. Uh, look it up for your career, uh, someone you know's career, uh, jtech.org is the place to go. So you mentioned Josh Allen, you know, and get after the quarterback a little bit in terms of pressures. I remember Joe Cullen said, right, that he 
thought that they, they could double last year's production? Yes. What was last year's production 18 again? 18 sacks. Okay, so they're at eight right now. Yeah, it's not good enough. It's not good enough. Um, it's not It's not on the way to 36. No. So they got to pick it up. Yeah. They need one of those, like, four or five sack games. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. Uh, and, again, I feel like the rush has been better. I think I think some of you, Shipley, uh, tweeted this out, John Shipley. I think he might have tweeted – I'm sorry if I stole it from somebody else, but 2.57 seconds for Tua to throw the ball. Yeah, yeah. Right? Well, he's getting it out of his hands quick. I mean, I think they, they looked like they had some pressure on him at times. This guy's got to cover better. I mean, again, rush and cover, rush and cover, right? Everybody stole this after years and years. That's what everybody preaches. That's what it's all about. Well, I think the rush has been halfway decent. I don't think it's great. I, I wouldn't be worried of it. I think Josh Allen's coming on. I think they have some moments for Smoot and Gotsis and other guys. But I just really think their main problem is in the, the back end, and, and that's just not covering well enough. One team right now in the NFL has fewer um, quarterback sacks than Jacksonville does with seven. Jacksonville has one? eight. One team is lower right now with seven. Can you guess who that team is? The, no, I know it's not the Jets because they had seven against Tennessee by themselves. Uh, the Lions. Uh, no. Which would be bad, because Dan Campbell, you probably should have... Lions, the Lions have 13. Casey, any guesses? Um, Minnesota. Minnesota. Minnesota's actually second right now in the NFL. I will tell you, I know who you're going to say. Who? Seattle. Nope. Seattle is... They're kind of... uh, They're they're lower, but they have 11. The Kansas City Chiefs right now. Have okay. seven. Well, they're bad on defense. Yeah, they're not good. And then this, also the Saints have eight, tied with Jacksonville, which is surprising. Because hmm. we always talk about the Saints' defense and everything, and, yeah, they're struggling a little bit this year, too. All right, uh, we, the big, one of the big stories around here in Jacksonville is uh, Dewan Smoot, and he helped deliver a new baby girl, a, a brand-new uh, healthy baby girl, and his wife, obviously, the real hero in all of that. Uh, but the story has really made its way around everywhere. Um, and uh, Dewan Smoot's going to talk to the media tomorrow. Uh, about it, but you've seen the pictures, you've seen the story, and uh, Action News Jack's got a hold of the uh, 911 call, and this was part of the 911 call. Uh, Casey, can you play it? The baby's out already? The baby's out. Okay. Okay, I hear it crying. That's a good thing. Yeah. You need to hurry up and get her. Get someone here. Yeah, I got you. They're already on their way. Is she breathing? She's oh, breathing. All right, so what you want to do is you just want to gently wipe off the baby's mouth and nose. Um, Just try to dry the baby off with a clean towel and wrap it up in another, in a different clean, dry towel. In the bottom drawer. Okay, bottom drawer, left hand side. Got it. I truly went to offer any water, any clean water, anything? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so just dry the baby off with a clean towel. Um, so, yeah, you can just use a regular towel to clean the baby off. And then whenever that's done, you want to wrap the baby in another clean, dry towel. Okay, how far are they out? Um, they're coming from the station right down the street, right off Atlantic. Um, okay, perfect. They just got to get in their rigs and drive over there. Um, is the cord still attached? Uh, is the cord still attached? I think it is, yeah. It is. It's still okay. attached. It's still attached. Okay. Yeah, it's still So that's the 911 call part of it. I mean, 
Fire hey, away. I'm going to need a plus two mentality of those <laughs> responders getting there quickly, please. I mean, how about just the calm nature of yeah. both? I mean, I'm the 911 dispatcher, I, I guess that's her job to remain calm, but it's unbelievable. But Smoot, man. Dude, and he's trying to, like, talk to his other child as well. I mean, that's stressful enough There's as it is. There's a lot going on there. Yeah. And, uh, wow, it's just wild. It just brings it to life a little bit with that 911 call. But that is a – I just can't get over how <laughs> – obviously, he's asking, hey, are they almost here, yeah. right? Oh, I would have I don't, like, I don't hey. which makes a lot of sense to ask that question. Yeah. Um, but I just can't remember – I can't imagine being that calm in that situation. No. If, if I'm him, I'm like, hey. I have my fingers on the Yelp review right now. You better send somebody <laughs> ASAP. Where are they? Because the stars are dropping real quick. I'm stressed. I have another kid that's asking me questions. Yeah. I have a baby with the umbilical cord still attached. Man. Incredible. It's awesome. Um, it's incredible that everything worked out well. Everybody's healthy. Everybody's doing well. Uh, so what a what a wild thing. Um, I would imagine, I would have been in a way he's so calm because of a little bit of state of shock with everything going on. You know what <laughs> yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think, you know, having a, a child before I'm sure helps a little bit. Yeah, I, that was probably tr true. But So yeah. that, that that's a good call there. Um, but, but how much, though, you <laughs> yeah, know? Because oh it, it's in the confines, <laughs> I assume, of a hospital. Yeah, I'm assuming Yeah, the first one didn't go like that, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so... Well, once again, congratulations. I, I think it's neat that that's a, a story. You know, it's, it's, such awesome. a, it's a cool story. It's a good story. It's a, um, and he's a, I, I've said this before. Smoot's, a, first of all, an underrated player and a really cool guy. Like he's a really, he is a nice dude, and I uh, love that uh, everything worked out well in that situation. Uh, he's scheduled to talk to the media after he talks to the big media uh, sometime yeah. tomorrow. <laughs> bigger media. I mean, yeah. it's, it's not put him on that much of a pedestal. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't. All right, let's talk to the big big fish, and that is uh, Captain Rick. He joins us right now. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 694 Sportsman Fishing Report. What you got? Well, what is this? You're telling me there's bigger media than us? Yeah, apparently. <laughs> Good Lord, on what planet does that exist? Yeah, I don't know well, <laughs> Fishing was pretty good today. The thing that was disappointing about the last couple of days, quite honestly, has been surf fishing. We're in the water temp now where we expect the whiting and pompano to be biting really well, and they're not yet. Not sure why, but I'm sure uh, they'll show up pretty soon. I talked with Robert Simon a little while ago. He had come home from a West 21 Fathom trip, for the guys that know where that is, and he had his limited vermilions. He had one real big grouper and um, a decent round of trigger fish, not much to it, and one mutton snapper. So offshore bottom fishing was pretty good. Uh, hadn't been any, anybody on the troll yet. It's pretty tough to get out that far with this stronger easterly wind and the redfish bite happily is going merrily along and the mangrove snapper thank god it stayed here because for the first time ever we can't keep flounder in the in the second half of october and all through november so i don't see any cool weather coming i wish i did i know the hunters are certainly ready for it it's going to stay pretty calm it looks to me like right on through this week into next week but one thing you can always count on we'll be back to check on it tomorrow with another fishing report Brought to you by CSS Landscape and Workman's Quick Fix Plumbing. All right, Captain Rick, thanks, man. Have a good night. Thank you, boys. All right, that's Captain uh, Rick Riles, Florida Sportsman uh, Fish re Fishing Report. Each and every day, Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. And don't forget to catch the show 7 a.m. on Saturday mornings. Um, by the way, don't forget to catch our Blitz Scoreboard show coming up on Friday night. Once again, we had a 
fantastic show last week uh, live from Bartram Trail High School. A lot of fun stuff there. Uh, always brought to you by Baker Sports and the UNF Ospreys. Check out UNFOspreys.com. I was over there at the media day today, and uh, they're excited. Women's basketball program picked second in the ASUN, highest ever. I've uh, watched that program be built by Derek Gibbs. He's done an awesome job. And uh, a lot of young talent on the men's side from Matthew Driscoll. He's excited about the conference looks so different in the A-Sun. So we'll learn more about it and talk more about UNF and the Ospreys. But you can visit UNFOspreys.com. They also announced um, some really fun facility projects going on there on campus. That always gets uh, everybody fired up. The renderings were out today at UNF Media Day, uh, unfospreys.com for season ticket information on men's and women's basketball. I turned on the Red Sox for a second. Mm -hmm. First pitch, home run by Alvarez. Uh, by the way, it wasn't even a bad pitch, but yeah. the monster actually is hurting the Red Sox the last couple of nights. They've had some wall scrapers just go right over the fence. It's a bomber, man. But, hey, you know what? The Red Sox have benefited from that over the years, too. That they have. Uh, so, one nothing Houston. Don't feel good about the Red Sox, but it's early in that one, just a second inning. Uh, and the Braves and Dodgers coming up on ESPN 690 at 730. We're live at JTEC. Visit JTEC.org for more information on how you can be a student here. Hands-on, learning, and your future. Make a career out of it with JTEC, JTEC.org. The Butcher is back. Golf picks. And one guy is in the lead and has a big lead. Big money mark now. Yeah. When we come back on ESPN 690. <laughs> Some uh, peanuts. Yep. Still am. Some planters. I forgot to eat lunch today. Didn't they kill Mr. Peanut? They did. Yeah. Is he? Did he make a comeback yet? I don't know. Kind of like a little redemption tour or something. You never know. Yeah. Or like a new one. I have no idea. I, I don't know why you'd kill him off in the first place, but it is what it is. Is it a bad thing that? When uh, Ty came home from school today, mm -hmm. sick, throwing up. Uh-oh. Hey. You okay? I don't know. I mean, it's just okay. throwing up. I mean, what do you mean it's just throwing <laughs> That's serious. Well, I mean, I don't. But okay. is it bad from a dad's standpoint? Okay, just bypass the whole throw-up thing. Gotcha. That I text Steph and say, all right, how many times has he thrown up? Okay. And every time I'm like, don't ask. I hope he's feeling better. It's more, how are we going to get those calories back in? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, oh, did you ask, is he okay? Uh, I think I might have one time. Okay. I mean, if you start up the conversation like that. Then I get the whole calorie standpoint. And, and, and be honest here, it's not about the calories for his health so he's not malnourished and gets more sick because his, his immune system is compromised. You're asking for the calories so he doesn't lose too much weight so he can be in a certain weight level for baseball. That's what you're talking about. Well, yeah, he's already in a certain weight level, okay? okay? So he doesn't need to be losing the weight okay. by throwing up four or five times in a day. Sure. No, I hear so you. So I hope the young man feels a little bit better, gets over the bug, whatever it is. Um we think he'll be okay. I'm, I'm hoping. 
but I'm really just hoping he doesn't go from 115 pounds to 111 overnight. <laughs> for sure. For worked, sure. He worked hard to get to 115. Yeah, it's probably all water weight. He's just, you know, it's fine. I, I mean, I seriously asked him when he gave him. I was like, Ty, so you kind of like, is it that throw up or you just like dry heaving or you throwing up food? <laughs> He's like, I'm throwing up food. It's like, okay. damn it. <laughs> Dad of the year, Brent Martin, everybody. Yeah, I mean, it was totally bad, too. Like, I was just, I, I was going to UNF Media Day. I was on the phone. We are doing some stuff for Jaguars All Access. Steph's, like, all of a sudden comes, like, running out of the room. I got to go pick up Ty. He doesn't feel good. He's throwing up. Yeah. All right. She's, like, running in the house, like, paper towels and bags. Like, I was coming home. Must have been throwing up, like, in the car. Yeah. I'm, meanwhile, just still on the phone, getting ready to leave. I'm like, do you want me to do anything? Yeah. Nah, it's all right. I got it. All right. Thanks, Steph. You're the best. <laughs> so I really didn't do anything. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I feel like you made it worse by just asking, hey. like I tried you, to hang yeah. around a little longer just to, like, be in the area well, the, so I could be asked, like, yeah, pretending. You, you like, weren't helping the situation by saying, okay, I, I got it, though. I did I, bring him a glass of water. Hey, I'll tell you what, in terms of calories, that ain't going to do a dang thing. No, but I was concerned a little Should've bit been a milkshake. about dehydration. Yeah, but milkshakes have water <laughs> in them. I'll make, I think he was it's still ice in cream. the growing up process. I don't think milkshake was Okay, well, I'm just saying ice cream. <laughs> it's ice, water. There's some, there's still some water in ice cream. Uh, hopefully he's doing better. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Nothing like a big old milkshake after you, <laughs> you blow chunks, no, huh? Tonight, tonight there'll be six milkshakes to get those four <laughs> pounds back. Hope he's ready oh, for man. it. Oh, man. Love it. <laughs> All right, uh, time to be the butcher. Brent Martin, Austin Lane, we're live at JTEC. We got golf picks. It's the Zozo Championship. Cash Money Martin, though. Woo, baby. Give it to us, Casey. I want you to say it. I don't want to have to say it myself. I think we know. What do you want me to say? Just give us us an update on last week's picks, if you would, please. In terms of where we are on the leaderboard. Sure, I can do that. Um, uh, Whoever I pick sucks, and I'm in third (laughs) by a long shot. Um, whoever Austin's picked sucked a little less than who Brent picked. Oh, he tied 11. That's pretty good. No, it's not. So you have 190 <laughs> points. I have 56. Brent has 561. Because against all odds, he picked Roy McIlroy, who has not won in a couple he years. He hasn't done anything. And he won against all odds. I want to make that perfectly clear. So, Brent, yeah. even if I win this week, I still am not beating Brent. How about that? Man. 500 FedEx Cup points, baby. I picked it's the a, winner. It's insane. It's just insane how these FedEx. I, I don't know, man. I don't know. Because like, my guy got, got 11th. I got like minus two points. Well, I don't know how that works. I overall okay. was having a good weekend last weekend. Like I was doing I, in the early games on mm-hmm. Sunday in our fight for the Fedora on TV. I, I won every game. Nice. And what always happens is then I lost like three out of the last five, right? So okay. I couldn't be perfect. Yeah. And I did this other league. I had like, I was four out of my first five picks. We pick against the spread, mm-hmm. and he got pick six. And the only one I missed was the Bucks on that stupid two-point thing, and they <laughs> kneeled on it, or I should have won that. <laughs> sure. And so, and in our picks, I was like off to a decent start yeah. even on like our Friday picks. Tell you what, I'm our like, Friday I'm picks. And, and Rory's like right there in the lead. I'm like, oh, my God, what a weekend. Well, then Casey on Sunday, he texts me. He's like, hey, you should go play the lottery. Yeah. And I'm like, what are you talking about? He's like, you just picked the winner in golf. He's oh, he like, you know how hard Brent that is? Brent didn't even know. Go? Brent, you, you, you no, didn't no, even I know? No, I knew I did. Okay. I just didn't know what he was in sure? context. Okay. I didn't know which area of expertise he was referring to. I, <laughs> I got you. Well, speaking of our Friday picks, hey, that's, that's going to be uh, that's gonna be, uh, it's gonna be a rough day for me, let's just say. 0-6. Oh yes. Oh, <laughs> and 6 for my Friday picks. But, hey, that's, that's a couple days away. We'll uh, sleep on it. I'll get better. But it's golf picks now. All right, Casey, let's do it. Where are we going? Uh, we are going to Japan. 
in the Zozo Championship. Little background, Zozo Championship, only third time they're playing it. The first time they played it was in Japan, and it is likely the last win for Tiger Woods on the PGA Tour. It was number 82. Don't you dare say that. <laughs> Watch your mouth. Okay, well, and believe what you want to believe, but that was number 82 for Tiger Woods as the Zozo Championship. Last year it was moved from Japan to Las Vegas due to the COVID-19 pandemic. Patrick Cantlay won that one. It is back in Japan this year. Okay, good. Um, so a lot of guys who played last week are not playing this week due to the travel. Um, but some are. Uh, when Tiger won this, he hit a lot of greens. That's something you're going to want to do. So I'm picking a guy that's hitting a lot of greens this year. And I'm going back to what I know best. I'm done picking good people. I'm picking people that you've never heard of. Give me K.H. Lee. <laughs> <laughs> you're, well, you did it. Go, go, go with the butcher effect. I like it. <laughs> K.H. Lee. Wow. Okay. I know uh, a lot about K.H. Lee, but I know nobody cares. K.H. Lee is my guy. I pick him all the time in fantasy. Great player. Just don't wow. know about him. He's going to play it off. It's K.H. or K.H. Lee? K-H. K-H. Okay. Okay. Uh, I'm going with, uh, you said you got to hit greens and give me Colin Morikawa. Every time you say that, I say Colin sure. Morikawa, and he had a Classic. good finish this past week. So, uh, Colin Morikawa. Chalk, huh? Most like expensive chalk? player that's in the chalk. fantasy field. Chalk. Yeah, that was fun. S is he really? Start calling him Big Money Martin. Oh, start calling what do you mean, Martin. is he really? Have you seen the field? No, I haven't really. Chalk Martin. No, there it is. No, that's right, Brent. You know what I mean? He you clicked on the website, and that was the picture. That was like the banner picture. You, He's you like have the a nice lead, a nice cushion, and Brett Martino's chalking it up. That's hey, cool. Last time I checked, uh, all good. Casey could have made the first pick. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, he left it open. All right, so this is taking place in Japan, correct? That is correct. Yeah, Morikawa is the favorite, by the way. Yeah, by a lot of them. Well, no, he's tied with Shoffley. All right, Brent, so check this out. Since this is playing, uh, taking place in Japan, and thanks to Stuart Weber for the assist here, Stuart Weber brought up Hibachi. Brent, did you know this? Casey might not know this as well. Um, hibachi is actually Japanese for uh, flame bowl. That's what it means in Japanese, flame bowl, really? like fire okay, table. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so with that being said, we've all been to hibachi restaurants before, right? Yeah. You know, yeah. there's always like that one excited kid there that's like really super pumped for the train or the oh, heartbeat the thing. Volcano when they, yeah, the volcano. Something? Yeah, oh, exactly. Yeah. So I looked on the roster of the headshots, and which person would be most excited with their smile to get a hibachi meal um, at a restaurant? And to me, it was super obvious. I'm going with, I think this is South Africa, uh, Garrick. Higo, Ger Garrick Higo, Higo. Garrick Higo um, is going to be the winner. He's got a great smile, and he looks very surprised uh, at that at that b volcano coming his way. It's so give me Garrick Higo. It's funny you say that. I'm literally writing right now why you shouldn't put him in your fantasy lineup. Like, I'm not even, no cap. I'm is literally it, is writing. Because he's got too bright of a smile? Why, why can't you put him in your fantasy lineup? Because he's missed, like, eight straight cuts on the PGA slash European tour. Well, right. not not till the butcher gets his hands on him. He's 66 to 1 odds. And did you say you've never been to the hibachi? Yeah, that's correct. Oh, we got oh, team, yeah, team lunch? Yeah. We team lunch? Team bonding. It's going to be an expense, right? Yeah. Yeah. I'm paying for it. Good. Awesome. That will come soon. We'll have to do that. All right. Hope everybody has a good night. 7.30 will be on ESPN 690. Dodgers, Braves, Red Sox down one nothing in the bottom of the third. Plenty of time to come back. We are live at JTEC. We will be at String Sports Brewery tomorrow. Don't forget, look up JTEC for your future career or someone you know, JTEC.org. For Austin Lane, Casey Kurtz, I'm Brent Martineau. Have a great rest of your Wednesday. We'll see you on TV, CBS 47 and Fox 30.